This edition of The Wellness Prescription is brought to you by Healthy Planet, making the world healthier and greener one day at a time. Welcome, everyone. This is The Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you all for joining me today. It's a new year, which means there is a lot of hope and anticipation for what 2023 has to offer. I love learning about how the sun, moon, stars, and planets impact our lives. It's interesting and can be a useful tool that will help us be prepared for unexpected emotions and events. So joining me today is Courtney O'Reilly. She is a New York-based astrologer and founder of Vibrant Soul Astrology. Thank you for being here again. We do this every year and it's always so exciting. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Well, with 2022 behind us, I try to look back and take with me the things that I felt were good lessons and great experiences and leave behind all the other stuff. I do this simply because I'm excited about what's ahead. So according to astrology, we can predict the vibe of the year based on our personal zodiac and a general overview of the year ahead. So as an astrologer, what do you want readers and followers and clients to gain from a personal chart reading? Oh my gosh, what a good question. Um, you know, a personal reading is like, it's kind of a revelation. I think for me in particular, my hope for the client is that they walk away feeling empowered. Um, your chart is essentially, it's uh, your cosmic DNA imprint. So it gives us a map of where all of the planets, the sun and moon were when you were born. And this becomes your sort of um, roadmap. It creates a clear path ahead. You kind of clear away the clutter of everyday life and you're able to see um, really distinctly the unique gifts, potential roadblocks and challenges. And when you can see that in a clear way, it makes it a little bit easier to come up with a game plan for overcoming some of those challenges or perhaps tapping into some of those unique talents that are being underutilized in your life. And really at the end of that, um, the point of it, right, is like a more joyful existence, more joy, more authenticity. Um, and that's really just living your path. So, so again, I guess I would say empowerment. I think that makes the most sense. And that's how I use astrology. And that's how I feel like it helps me get through my day. And you mentioned challenges and you mentioned like, you know, uh, little bumps in the road. Sometimes it's little things like, you know, when Mercury is in retrograde, we know that things should naturally kind of slow down. You should be aware that, you know, you might bump into a little hitch with your technology and all that and just give it a little chuckle and realize, okay, well, this was this was bound to happen because of what the stars, the sun and the moon are telling us. Mm, I love that you said that, too. I think um, it's like, like to that point, it's like, don't take it so seriously. Let it roll off a little bit. It's momentary. The moment will pass. And so 2023, I'm excited about it because um, here in Canada, we have officially kind of, you know, exited COVID and all of that came with it. And we feel like I feel like the vibe is a lot of us are just like, oh, it's going to be totally COVID free. We're not thinking about it and we're excited about what it could hold. So what are some of the big themes that we can expect for 2023? Without getting too technical, there's a lot of planetary shifts that we don't necessarily see every year and for them to all be happening in the same year is going to create a, a lot of movement. The major thing is that Pluto will be changing sign and this is special because Pluto moves very, very slowly. It just doesn't change sign very often and so it will move into the sign of Aquarius, creating a kind of 
collective paradigm shift. So that's the kind of number one major thing. Saturn also changes sign this year, moves into Pisces. It hasn't changed sign for three years. It stays in one sign for three years. Jupiter will change sign. That happens once a year. We also have Mars uh, retrograde at the front of the year, and then Venus will retrograde in the summer. That doesn't always happen every year. Uh, So it's just a lot of things all shifting sort of within 2023 and what we'll see collectively, but also on a personal level that if you've been feeling some stagnation or, um, you know, the eclipses this year likely brought some really big surprises and disruption, you'll begin to see some of that settle, but also the movement of the changes and shifts that you had to kind of go through in 2022 start to take some footing and get some traction. So having said that, the kind of technical things that are happening, uh, the major themes I would say are innovative breakthrough, thanks to Pluto's move into Aquarius, Saturn's move into Pisces, I'm hoping will create more um, a more compassionate approach to the structural dynamic of our life. Uh, There will be a spotlight on the health of the planet, agriculture, and our personal values with uh, Jupiter's shift into Taurus. And then with these retrogrades, Mars and Venus, uh, I think we'll really be reflecting quite a bit on how we choose to take action and be the champions of our own lives and also how we choose to show up within uh, relationships to other people. I love that. It sounds really exciting. It sounds very peaceful and very calm, which I think is what we all want. But I'm going to backtrack a little bit. So when you say that, for example, Pluto is moving into the sign of Aquarius, I know it's very technical. I know there's a lot involved, but just to kind of make it easier for all of us to understand, what does that mean? And and why is that affecting, like, is that affecting the sign of Aquarius or is it just affecting certain things that Aquarius and Pluto are governing? Aquarius will definitely feel it because that's your sign and you have a big heavy hitter, Pluto, moving into the sign that your sun is in. The sun is the core of who you are. So if there's a big planetary shift into your sign, you definitely are impacted by it. You feel it a great deal. It might feel honestly like a rebirth of sorts. That's Pluto's dynamic. He kind of comes in and uh, tears away what's uh, just not, what's old and stagnant. He kind of takes out the trash, so to speak. So Uh, Because it's an outer planet, the outer planets just don't change sign very often. So when they do, it doesn't matter what your sign is, you're going to feel that paradigm shift across the collective. It just sends reverb. We all feel that. Specifically with its move into Aquarius, because Aquarius is the sign of the future, I think what we're going to see is really... um, you know, we, we're in the age of technology, but with Pluto's move there, it's just going to be even more rapid fire. New innovation uh, in technology and medicine. And um, my hope is in humanitarian efforts as well. Aquarius is the sign of the humanitarian and it's the sign of the collective. So it's more about um, co-creating with one another rather than hierarchical systems. See, just that right there, that statement is making me feel really inspired about, you know, 2023 being such a progressive year with so much positive change and with so many benefits coming with it. And I know that every year we have, um, you know, the celestial favorite, but what are the zodiac signs that will be the most likely to shine this year? And when I say shine, I mean the most likely to experience a lot of change, a lot of positive, you know, um, movement in their in their lives. 
Sure. Uh, so the celestial favorite is always dependent on where Jupiter is for the year. So Jupiter stays in a sign for about 12 months. The ancients called Jupiter the, gi the giver of gifts and good luck. And so the idea is wherever Jupiter is moving through your chart for that year is where you're naturally finding more ease, more abundance. Things are naturally magnetizing to you. And so what makes you the favorite, it being in your sign or your rising sign, is that it's really shining its warmth directly onto you. But, you know, you get it once every 12 years in your sun sign or your rising sign and you become the favorite. So this year, uh, the front of the year, we'll still have Jupiter in Aries. So they're finishing out their year of being the favorite. And then uh, Jupiter will shift into the sign of Taurus. So that happens May 16th, it moves into Taurus. And then Taurus is the celestial favorite for the remainder of the year. When we say that it's the celestial favorite, and we don't want to leave out the other signs because all other signs are going to have an amazing year. But what would a Taurus, a person uh, with the zodiac sign Taurus, what can they expect? What is so exciting about them being the celestial favorite? It's kind of a grab bag when it's in your sign, you get to choose. So I would say as we're heading into, you know, the new year, you have until May 16th when it, it's still in Aries, so it's going to shift into Taurus. So Tauruses should be perhaps reflecting on what their big goals are for the year so that when it does move into their sign and things start to um, magnetize towards them, they can really choose how they want to direct it in a clear way. Jupiter uh, governs abundance. You know, that's a word we love. But we don't often talk about how sometimes abundance can be a little overwhelming. So when there's like a lot coming in, if you don't have a clear goal or kind of a direction you want to steer, it can be a little overwhelming. So I say use this time building up to the spring to get really clear on sort of the trajectory of the goals or things you'd like to achieve this year. So when Jupiter comes in and it's giving you these opportunities, you know exactly how you want to use them and steer them. And that can apply to anything. It can apply to your career, your professional life, your health. That's what this year is about for a Taurus. Taurus and Scorpio both have kind of been through the ringer this last year, 2022, with the eclipses in their sign. And they were pretty intense because Uranus was heavily influencing them. And so much has changed and been cleared away from them. And, you know, I would say ride that wave, use the clarity and the perspective that you've gained this year and then build upon it. How would you like it to look different? Because you really have so much potential available to you in 2023. And it's interesting that you say that because I know you're a Taurus and my sister is a Taurus. One of my sisters is a Taurus. And I can vouch for the fact that this year was a challenging year on many fronts. There was a lot of change happening and a lot of like uncertainty. So I can vouch for the fact that this year you did kind of have to go through some transition. And I'm excited to let my sister know that 2023 is going to be her year to just make the moves and, and just forge ahead. Yes. Yes. So I'm always confused about sun sign and rising sign. What is the difference? And should we pay attention to both? Oh my gosh, yes. Both are very, very important in the chart. Actually, from an astrological perspective, you look to the sun, moon, and rising sign as the base of personality. The sun and moon are the two luminaries of the solar system. There are shining light, guiding light, and the rising sign is so important. What it actually is, is a mathematical point. It can only be calculated using your exact, precise birth information, including the time to the minute. And what that shows us is what sign of the zodiac was rising or coming up on Earth's eastern horizon. That sign coming up on the horizon at the moment you were born 
was the perspective of the world. It gave the vision of the world at that moment. And it changes every two and a half hours or so what sign is rising. So this is why the precise time is really important. We want to know the perspective of the world because you coming into that moment, you now are in infused with a similar viewpoint of the world. And it's also how others receive you or perceive you. The sun sign is a little different. It is literally where the sun was when you were born, what sign it was in when you were born. And this is important because the sun, as it is within our solar system, it's the center, all the planets dance around it. And so it is within us. It's the core of who we are. It's our guiding light. It gives us a lot of insight into our purpose what we want to do, what we would find joy doing. It was Liz Green, who's a great astrologer, who said, and I love this, the sun is the hero of your story, and the rising sign is how you go about pursuing the hero's story. So the sun is, you know, what you want to do, and the rising sign shows us how you go about doing that. That's a really great way of describing it, because I never, I'm always confused about it. And just to reiterate, so your sun sign is your date of birth, and that determines the whether you're an Aquarius, a Taurus, and all that. That's the sun sign, correct? Yes, that, that will show you, you know, the sun stays in one sign for about a month. There's 12 months. So, right, it's the date and the month where the sun was. The rising sign is calculated based on your precise birth information, including the exact time of your birth. And how, just very quickly, how are we calculating or how do we know what our rising sign is? Yeah, so if you, you know, find your birth certificate, the time is really important, so don't cheat on that. <laughs> um, ask your mom, find the birth certificate, ask a fam family member who might remember if it's not on your birth certificate. And then there are Lots of, um, you know, calculators online. I think astro.com has one. You plug in your birth date, year, the location where you were born, and then your time, and it will tell you what your rising sign or ascendant is. The ascendant is the same thing as the rising sign, two different terms for the same thing. Well, that's amazing. You know, everybody's going to that astro.com to determine their sun and rising signs for sure. When we come back, eclipses, full moons and new moons, what should we expect in 2023? This is the Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Connect with us on Twitter at 105.9 The Region or call 416-335-1059 or email info at 1059theregion.com. This is 105.9 The Region. The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to The Wellness Prescription. Before the break, Courtney and I were discussing this year's celestial favorite, as well as rising signs and sun signs. Now we're going to shift gears and get into eclipses and what may be coming up this year. We just had an intense eclipse on November 8th of 2022. So I thought we'd talk a little bit about what are eclipses and what impact do they have on us? Let's get into it. So eclipses, what they actually are, they're new and full moons. But what happens when we have an eclipse is that the moon comes to meet its own axis. So the axis where that intersects with the planet. And the reason that this intensifies these new and full moons uh, is though that axis is a very karmic placement in the chart. So when it comes to meet its own axis, what happens is it supercharges the new and full moons. They're like new and full moons times three. Very impactful. I mean, the new and full moon is always the climactic point of the moon cycle within the month. Uh, but with eclipses, it's just threefold. So 
they, you know, eclipses, they stay in a family of signs, of opposing signs. So for the past year, we've had them in Taurus Scorpio. We'll see that finishing up in 2023, and they begin to shift into Aries Libra this year. Um, but what they are is, I think of them like... Um, like the universe coming into our lives and doing a little spring cleaning. They clear away cobwebs, stagnation, things that we're gripping onto that are just not for us anymore and are actually creating blockages and our little human brains, you know, want the security of something familiar. So we cling to it and it's just not meant for us. So the eclipses will come in and sort of sweep away some of that stagnation. And what happens is it creates a clearing. And in the clearing, there's opportunity to do something a different way um, to up level in that area of your life in a way that you hadn't before. And often uh, eclipses, because they're so potent, will warp time. In reflection, you'll look back. So, you know, get into the spring of 2023, you'll look back on 2022 and say, my gosh, that area of my life where those eclipses were happening, I changed about five years worth of stuff in one year. So they really you know, they create a uh, rapid movement. I like that. Change. And I like to note that they kind of always have the same results. Like they're always in, in our, in the, they're always happening to elicit the same results. Like they're always a shifting, a clearing. It doesn't change. Eclipses, that's their purpose. Yes, they, that is their purpose. There are little universal spring cleaners. I, you know, I try to put a positive spin on it because they can, they are intense and they can be really disruptive. Um, but often they're the kind of disruptive that you get six months out and you think, my gosh, what a blessing in disguise. Because I would not have done that on my own accord and I wouldn't end up, have ended up where I am here. And this is such a better place for me to be. I like that you put a positive spin on it because in the end, you're absolutely right. Every situation that we encounter always ends up happening for a positive reason in the end because change is a good thing as much as none of us like it and want to accept it. Change is always good. So it's good that the planets kind of push us into change naturally without giving us a choice. Yes, uh, that's such a good point. You know, the, the planetary movements, the eclipses, the celestial events, their weather, it's the climate. So, you know, I also use the analogy with clients. It's like, okay, it's going to rain. Do you want to bring an umbrella? You don't have to. You have free will. You could go out in the rain. Maybe you want to get soaked. You know, maybe you need that experience to learn from it. Uh, but the reason you look ahead and look at these things is really just to plan. Okay, the, this is the forecast. It's going to be stormy. So let's plan ahead. That's a really great analogy. And what about in 2023? What eclipses do we have coming up? And are they going to be as intense as the ones we had in 2022? Ah, yes. So we always have eclipses every year. Generally, we have two eclipse seasons with two eclipses each. So we have one in the spring and then one in the fall of 2023. It's an interesting year because we're phasing out of the eclipses in the family of Taurus Scorpio and starting the eclipses in the family of Aries Libra, where they'll stay for the next year and a half. So uh, we have a new moon solar eclipse in Aries. So the first in the Aries Libra family on April 20th. Then we have a full moon lunar eclipse in Scorpio. So going back to similar theme of what was going in 2022, we're kind of wrapping up things that we were shifting and changing there. So that's May 5th. Then in October, we have two more eclipses. October 14th, a new moon solar eclipse in Libra. So we get the first one in Libra. October 28th, full moon lunar eclipse in Taurus. So kind of finalizing things that we really began shifting in our lives in 2022. And then the freshness of shifting into those Aries Libra 
um, bringing in some themes of, okay, the lessons we've learned, we've sort of refined our values, what's important to us, and now implementing that and integrating it into how we are within relationship, our autonomy versus how we partner with others. And those dynamics will start to come up with the Aries Libra eclipses. So I find it fascinating. So if I if I wanted to have a schedule like a, a natal chart or birth chart reading with you, does it make is it something that's important for us to kind of do this annually? So this way, let's say we worked together last year and we saw the themes and we saw what would have been coming up, and then we're moving into a new year, and then we can look back and say, oh, that's exactly why that happened. This happened six months ago. So we can anticipate like six months later. Is that kind of the plan? Is that what you like to do with your clients? Yes. So I always suggest the natal chart reading first. That's the birth chart. That's the map of the sky when you were born. It creates the base for how all of these other celestial current events relate to you specifically. So it's helpful to have that base. Once you have that base, I do work on year ahead readings with clients. Some clients like to come quarterly. You know, it's a lot of information. So it just depends on how you take information in and how frequently you want to be checking in. Um, but in general, most clients will do a year ahead and have the broad overview. And to your what you were saying, you know, yes, like it's always just like life, right? It's nature. The planetary cycles are nature. So it's always building upon and it's just like in life, the lessons you learned last year from the celestial events will, will build upon that this year. It's like, um, it's almost like wine through water, right? You can't unknow or unhave the experience you had. And of course, that will color choices that you make moving forward. And when you choose to have this sort of eagle eye view that astrology gives you, you can kind of see that clear storyline through the poetry of the planetary movements. Oh, yes, 2022 was really disruptive in this area of my life because that's where Taurus Scorpio are sitting and that's where huge change was happening because Uranus really heavily influenced those eclipses. And then looking forward, the last two that we have in 2023 in Taurus Scorpio, they'll tell us, they'll hum a similar tune. They're going to tell you the next chapter of that story. And thankfully for many of us, it will be the final chapter of those lessons in that story. And we'll begin to move into a, a new book with Aries Libra. And I like that you describe it like that because, you know, there's so many things going on in the world and we have so, you know, so many things that we could be afraid of and so many things that we could be weary of. But sometimes just knowing that, you know, the planets are on your side so you can make decisions based on that. So whether to take that new job, is this the time in your life to do that? Is it whether to, you know, take that big trip that you've been planning? Because this is kind of already in the stars for you. It's like adventure. It's like, you know, career. All these things can really line up with what your astrology is telling you. And that's why I, I value it. And I, and you've always said, you know, take it with a grain of salt, use it as a guiding light and, um, you know, and, and do that with it. But I always find that around the full moons, people act a little different or there, or people will say, oh, it must be a full moon. What is that all about? The new and full moons are the climactic points of the moon cycle. So every two weeks we have a full moon, and then in two weeks, a new moon, and then in two weeks, a full moon, and so forth. Um, and they, you know, the moon in our chart, it's one of those three key components of our personality. And it's a bit subtler than the sun, the moon in our chart, it's our emotions, our inner world, how we process our feelings, how we care for others, and what we need to feel cared for. And so it's a little bit 
you know, it's a little bit more gooey. It gets into the inside. It's not the stuff we show everyone all the time. And so what happens when we have a full moon, the sky is illuminated. Nighttime is meant to be nighttime. And then the full moon comes in creating this huge light, right? Lights up the night sky. And so it has this quality of overflow, overfill. And, um, you know, for some of us that can create just like it pulls on the large bodies of water on the planet and creates, you know, high tide, low tide, all of this, it's our bodies are made of mostly water. So it's pulling on us too. You might be more emotional. You might find you're overflowing. Uh, but often this is for resolve or to find some kind of resolution. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. And often full moons are celebratory too. It's like, you know, the night sky is lit up when we're meant to be sleeping. It feels like a party. I mean, even though it is a party, it's like it's also a time of reflection. And we often have different emotions that we're having to deal with. So it's not abnormal for people to ha to feel a little different around a full moon and a new moon. No, I have many clients that are really sensitive to the moon cycle that, and can't sleep. It keeps them up at night. Um, I personally don't have that problem, but some people really do. They're very sensitive to that movement or um, it creates, you know, heightened emotion in the body, in the mind. And so certainly there could be extra processing that needs to happen around that time. In general, you can also use the new and full moons um, for manifestation. The concept is that you plant seeds of initiation on a new moon. And in two weeks by the full moon, you know, something comes to fruition. And then on a larger scale, when you have a new moon in one sign, let's say Taurus, six months later, you have the full moon in Taurus. So you can work with them on a grander scale as well to goal set new moon in Taurus. This is what I, you know, I want to, I want a raise. And these are the steps I'm going to take in the next six months to make it come to fruition by the full moon in Taurus. I didn't know that. That sounds really uh, fascinating. I'm going to give that a try. I have to pay attention to that and see if you can accomplish your goals. And it's a great way to motivate yourself to get stuff done and not sit idle and just wait for, you know, whatever is going to happen, happen. It's, it's about motivating yourself. So as last final words for this segment, what would be the overall vibe of 2023? How can we get people excited to see what's coming and what can we expect overall? I think personally, there's going to be a continuation of exploring uh, what we value the most, rooting into those values, and then making changes uh, in our lives and likely within key relationships. Often when we uh, really get honest about our values and we tap into that, it creates a shift or a ripple within important relationships. And sometimes people fall away just because they're no longer aligned, but it creates space for new, more aligned relationships to come through. So on a personal level, I think we'll see some of that happening. And then on a collective level, that Pluto moving into Aquarius, whew, I feel like buckle up because the innovation in technology, medicine, humanitarian efforts, the desire to build structures that sustain those things in a, a sort of a more futuristic way where we're headed how can it be equitable for all of us in the collective versus hierarchical systems we're going to see a continuation of some of that breakdown and a rebuild uh through the new technology and all of these things yeah I love all of that. And I particularly love the whole humanitarian thing. I need, we, I think we need to bring the world together as humans and just love and respect one another. And I always appreciate chatting with you. I thank you so much for being here again today. Now, if listeners want to learn more about you, if they want to get your books, I know you have a book or book a session with you, how can they do that? 
Yes. Uh, so my website, Vibrant Soul Astrology, you'll find all the info about me there. You can book a session there. You can find the link to my book there. Uh, my book, Zodiac Signs Taurus, is available through Barnes & Noble, Amazon, your local book retailer, uh, anywhere books are sold. So check that out. And then on social media, I'm at Vibrant Soul Astrology. And everyone should check her all out. She's amazing. And you can always find me on Instagram at Claudia underscore Machiella or my website, ClaudiaMachiella.com. That's my show for this week. If you missed it, go to 1059theregion.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and of course, Audible. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you for listening. I hope this helps you live your best life. The Wellness Prescription was brought to you by Healthy Planet. Order online at Healthy Planet planetcanada.com or go online to find a location nearest you.